Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we talk with the winner for today in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. We reached Joe O'Hara on his combine this morning at Ceylon, about 110 kilometers south of Regina. We have the latest crop report with harvest reaching close to 40%. Real Agriculture discusses an export tax on spirits. We have the latest grain movement stats, wheat export stats, and a look at the specialty crop markets, which are being called very hot. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. A farmer from Ceylon, about 110 kilometers south of Regina, is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. Joe O'Hara farms about 5,000 acres south of Ceylon, and we reached him on the combine today. Uh, It's rolling along pretty good here. We're just working on some Durham. What percentage is complete in your farm? Uh, probably a little over half. How's the Durham running right now? Oh, it's okay. It's about average. Uh, maybe some of it was around low 30s and some low 40s. Depends on where the rain hit. How about some of the other crops? What kind of yields have you had? Oh, we just did the lentils before this. and Yeah, they were 20s, low 20s. Did you get much rainfall this growing season? Yeah, we were pretty lucky early there. We caught a, a couple of big rains. We got a three-incher and a two-incher there in late May, early June. So that's kind of what made our crop. When do you hope to wrap up harvest? Uh, hopefully next week. What are your best and your worst crops this year? Oh, I don't know. The Durham's probably going to be the best. And I don't know. The canola and lentils ain't going to be real great, but... Whatever, we'll take it with the prices the way they are. Yeah, what's your reaction to the markets right now? Uh, it's pretty pretty overwhelming. There's a lot happening. It's good, I guess, but just a matter of time before it probably goes crashing down. Who knows? Joe O'Hara farms near Ceylon, 110 kilometers south of Regina, and is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. Saskatchewan farmers made good harvest progress this past week despite cool, wet weather. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers says harvest is approaching 40% complete. You know, in between the rains that we've had this past week, um, we've made a little bit of progress. Uh, We're up at 36%. You know, that's up from uh, 29% last week and still ahead of the five-year average of 22%. So not as big of a jump as I thought we were going to have, but those rains really slowed down a lot of producers across the province. By region, what's the most progress the least? The southwest is still in the lead um, with 47% of their crop now combined. Southeast with 42%, the, south, the west central with 36 and the east central with 25 The northeast with 34 
and then finally the northwest with 21. So a little bit of progress in each of the regions. But like I said, uh, there's some scattered showers throughout the province that really slowed everyone up. Yes, who got the most rain? That would be going to the Limerick area. They got 77 mils um, over the past week, followed by areas like Macklin with 51, Conquest with 40, I know Robin with 35, Good Eve with 30, and then Rama with 28. Um, and then there's you know several other places across the province that received rain, mostly in the Assiniboia, Moose Jaw, Yorkton, and Humboldt and PA areas. But other areas across the province saw enough rain to, to hold off harvest for a couple days. They'll help pastures. What's the top soil moisture rating? They've improved slightly, uh, you know, just due to the cooler weather we've had and obviously the rains. So for top soil moisture for cropland, it's rated as 1% surplus, 40% adequate, 34% short, and 25% very short. So those are uh, more promising numbers than we've seen before. Hay and pasture land is rated as 28% adequate, 43% short, 29% very short. So, yeah, looking good. Uh, and like you said, yeah, pastures have greened up a bit now that we've had some recent rain. And we're hoping that producers can stretch out that grass a little bit longer and, and save from feeding uh, their bales. What were some of the main causes of crop losses past week? The biggest damage to crop this week was by heavy rains, you know, hail and strong winds that ripped through. We did a couple big storms, especially down here in the south and up into the east side of the province. And so there's been a lot of hail damage, a lot of fields that were totally cut right down to the ground. And then other, you know, other damage from the hail and then also heavy rains was a lot of crop was shelled out and and lost. And then, of course, with that moisture and that humidity, there's going to be downgrading of any crop that's susceptible and still standing in the field. So just a lot of issues and unfortunate for a season as bad as we've already had to have even more issues come up now that we're into harvest. Yeah, you mentioned some of those problems. It, the rain really caused some issues for the standing crop? Yeah, you know, it's going to cause bleaching and staining, some sprouting, even if the moisture content gets higher, low kernel weights, and you know, some fungal growth that allow some pathogens to start growing. And, and that's all going to lead to downgrading and, and lower prices at the elevator. So it's unfortunate, but again, you know, it wasn't a bumper crop year, so it's just kind of a little bit more salt in the wound for farmers. How are yields looking? Yields are still disappointing. You know, they're far lower than average. And for the most part across the province, you know, there's some pockets that did receive rain when they needed it. They're getting a little bit closer to average, but for the most part, very, very disappointing yield and quality is taking another hit. So we'll know more next week when we release the yield numbers, but it won't be surprising to anyone to know that they're quite disappointing. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialist. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. Both railways are keeping up with car orders from grain companies. The latest stats put CP Rail at 99% and CN at 86%. Milt Poirier is the manager of the Ag Transport Coalition, which monitors railway performance. So I wouldn't necessarily rush to look at the first three weeks of performance as necessarily a good indicator of what we might see later in the year. I don't want to, you know, dismiss the fact that a good start is a good start, but we should let the grain year play out before we get too excited about it, I would say. The drought-reduced crop will mean less grain moving to port, but that doesn't necessarily mean there will be better service this fall and winter. Poirier notes that both railways have been putting additional grain hopper cars into storage. I mean, if we look at grain monitor reporting, which reports statistics on this, 
their most recent report, which is for the month of July of 2021, shows CN is already having more than 5,000 hopper cars in storage, and that's out of a fleet of 12,000. And CP already has, I think, something like 3,700 cars in storage out of a fleet of about 12,000 cars. So you can already see that, you know, they're starting to ratchet down the capacity equation based on what they see as demand in the short term, intermediate term, and long term. Another variable will be manpower. Cars are one thing, but the more critical issue, which nobody seems to have any visibility on, is the issue of train crews. And that's really, if you recall, or what really bit CN last year, where they had problems recalling crews and through the spring of the prior grain year and the beginning of the last grain year really struggled because of a shortage of train crews. So if they are in fact reducing train crews, you know, that's going to say that they have the ability to run fewer trains. Last year, grain was a high priority for the railways. Are other commodities coming back? Is demand in those sectors going to be strong? Because that will have a big impact on what the railways choose to do, not with hopper cars, because they're largely, you know, grain oriented, but with train crews and with locomotives. So we know grain's going to be lower. We know the railways are adjusting already. What we don't know, or at least I don't know, is what's the rest of their business look like and what kind of decisions might that lead to. Milt Poyer manages the Ag Transport Coalition, which monitors grain movement by the railways. His comments come from a podcast produced by Pulse Canada, a member of the Ag Transport Coalition. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Real concern out there from the Canadian craft distillers about a federal excise tax that really impacts some of our our craft distillers across this country. The campaign we're going to talk about today is called Lift Canada's Spirits. Here to talk about it is Tyler Dyke. He's with Okanagan Spirits and Craft Distilleries. Give our audience an introduction to what is the issue here. Yeah, so basically it comes down to um, asking the Canadian government to help realize parity or fairness across the border with our biggest trading partner who has implemented a really forward-thinking and progressive plan to support uh, domestic agriculture in their own country by decreasing the excise tax that distillers pay on the first small amount of production every year annually. Um, And basically, the U.S. government decided that they really wanted to Uh, bolster up their domestic producers and encourage growth in the sector, uh, knowing that domestic producers use almost 100% local crops uh, to make their products with. And so they axed their their excise rate to one-seventh 
what the Canadian rate is. And this has been uh, also the case in a lot of other of our uh, major G7 trading partners. It's just a strategy to really pump up the domestic sector and rather than just having the big multinationals dominate all the markets. Connect that dot for us. How, how does that impact? Like, are you worried about uh, lower cost product from the U.S. coming into Canada? What What are we trying to prevent here? Yeah, well, it's, it's actually more what we're losing out on an opportunity. This gives our trading partners around the world a huge advantage at being able to produce the first, um, now in, in the U.S., it's 100,000 proof gallons, and that's about 200,000 liters LAA. It's about one day's production at Jack Daniels, so it's not a huge volume, but it's where the now more than 2,000 craft distilleries kind of sit in that window, that size window. Um, and really what's going to happen is for two things. One, we're asking the government, we're saying, hey, if you need to do this because in a post-pandemic era, this is the best way to stimulate true made-in-Canada value-added production right here at home. So if you want to kickstart our economy, if you want to get people working to the highest level, and if you want to have them working predominantly, almost entirely with 100% grains and fruit that are grown right here in Canada, which is going to stimulate the economy, this is the type of program you need to do. You need to do something that's going to power, allow Canadians to power ourselves out of the pandemic. But the other big point with this is if you're trading, if your biggest trading partners have something in place where they can produce and their excise tax is about one seventh yours, it allows them to build up, scale up and get their average cost of production down so they can actually sell at a lesser amount, and they can more aggressively attack our market. So they can outcompete us in our own market. So really, it creates this cross-border trade disadvantage. has done, the finance department has repetitively said, oh, well, but if they sell in Canada, they pay our rate, which is true. But they've been able to keep about a, between 500000 and a million dollars more in the pockets of each distillery down in there to work on innovative techniques, to power their ramping up, to get their, their scales of efficiency up so that their cost of production significantly drops so they can actually cut their costs. They can afford to take less, pay a little bit more in our, in our Canadian excise tax and outcompete even Canadian distillers in their own market. And so this is just something we're saying, hey, if you do not do this, you leave Canadian distillers at a massive tax, cross-border tax disadvantage, but it's also, in a more positive way, the best way to organically at home stimulate jobs and agricultural production in Canada, and it is, it is what a, a government should be doing. It. They should be promoting true, value-added, made-in-Canada production. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in. No appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy, wind west 30, gusting to 50, the high 22, the low 6. For Friday, mainly sunny sky, wind northwest 30, gusting to 50, the high 22, the low 5. Saturday, sunny, the high 23, the low 7. 
Sunday, sunny, the high 26, the low 10. Monday, sunny, the high 24, the low 8. Tuesday, sunny, the high 23, the low 8. Wednesday, sunny, the high 25 degrees. Normal high is 21, the normal low is 6. The sun rose at 6.14 this morning. It sets at 7.42 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Estevan in the southeast corner at 20. The cold spot up north, Waskasu Lake, at 10 degrees. Once again, Estevan is the hot spot at 20. Saskatoon, 16. Swift Current, 15. Weyburn and Yorkton, both 18. Regina, partly cloudy and 16. That's 61 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 30. Humidity is 61%. The barometer falling, 101.5. Part the cloudy in Moose Jaw, 15. Winds are from the west at 31. Once again, Regina, part the cloudy in 16. That's 61 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Canadian wheat exports are off to a slow start in the new crop year beginning August 1st. A market analyst on the Sask Wheat website, Michael Wilton, says wheat exports are down 23% so far this crop year. Canadian wheat exports for shipping week three were 187,000 tons for a season total of 979,500 tons. This is 77% of last year's to-date amount. In Durham wheat, Stats Canada put Canadian Durham wheat production at 4 million tons, down 39% from last year. This is in line with trade's number and slightly higher with Ag Canada's 3.8 million ton estimate. Durham harvest in Saskatchewan is 33% complete, up 11% from the previous week. In the U.S., Montana is 70% done and North Dakota is 57% done. Yields remain dismal. The rain last week will not be good on quality. However, as demand is so strong, this should limit the impact of lower quality. The sharp rally we have seen in Canadian prices have caught us back up with U.S. values. The strong movement suggests offshore interest in North American Durham. Canadian Durham exports for week three were 28.3 thousand tons for a season total of 258,500 tons, 12% more than this time last year. In conclusion, Wheat will lead the market on a slew of upcoming tenders. The size and quality of the crop remains in question, and consumers have limited cover. Stocks in exporting countries are low, and yields have not been improving as harvest continues. The milling wheat market is firm, with bids around $10.60 a bushel. We expect the wheat market to remain strong, and there is no rush for Canadian farmers to sell right now other than Durham. Durham is very high-priced, which may be a good opportunity to provide cash flow. Michael Wilton provides this week's market outlook on the Sask Wheat website. When you remember the summer of 2021, the words hot and dry will automatically come to mind. Environment Canada has released the temperature and precipitation stats for the three-month period covering June, July, and August. At most locations, the mean temperature was between 1.4 and 1.8 degrees above normal. Terry Lang is an Environment Canada meteorologist. 
you know, it was a warm, warm uh, summer, except in the last little bit, we kind of got into some, some colder weather. Somebody turned off the machine. But for the most part, it was really warm all across the board. Lorange had their warmest summer on record. Uh, North Battleford, second warmest on record. And Saskatoon, their second warmest summer on records and the other uh, stations all in the top 20 of their warmest years. It was a much drier than normal summer over the central grain belt, but August rain kind of skewed the numbers in southern regions of the province. For example, Moose Jaw had 157 millimeters or six inches of rain last month, the second wettest August on record. In particular, uh, Moose Jaw with their big month there in August. 16th wettest, which is a kind of a, a big turnaround for them. But poor old uh, Meadow Lake, second driest uh, summer on record. Lang says the entire summer was backwards when it came to weather. And, uh, you know, what stands out to me was just the timing of it. Normally we get our rains in uh, June and July, and then we get hotter and drier in August. Now it's kind of backwards. We had the hot and dry in June and in July, and now we're kind of getting this wet with thunderstorms and cooler temperatures and just poor timing for the farmers who, you know, are trying to salvage what they had, uh, and now they're having trouble getting into the fields with the rain. Or we had, you know, like we had a bunch of hail come through uh, the province last night and kind of destroying what they had left to salvage anyway. So it's just been a really challenging year, I think, that way. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com The StatsCan crop production report that came out earlier this week didn't cause any major spikes in commodity prices. Errol Anderson with ProMarket Communications in Calgary says it's because the markets were already braced for the lower projections. He says the next report that comes out at the end of this month might cause a few more ripples. He says canola and wheat prices remain high, but it's specialty crops that are taking the spotlight right now. They're red hot. Um, you know, the lentil market is, is just steaming along. Um, mustard prices are just rolling. Um, uh, these these are tremendous prices, and albeit, uh, you know, they could hold for some time um, because the buyer demand, uh, if we don't get uh, good yields out of the Black Sea region, uh, basically we're going to see uh, more demand into the Canadian market. The flax uh, bids, you know, they've been up in that $23, $24 a bushel. Uh, very, very remarkable. But again, you know, if the buyer demand ebbed, uh, slows down, uh, these are remarkable cash prices. They could easily tumble. Uh, now, I don't think we're going to see it right away, but as we go into 2022, we'll look back at this and say, wow, those were high prices. So to me, uh, this is a great opportunity for growers to uh, make some sales uh, when the market is this hot. That's Errol Anderson at Pro Market Communications in Calgary. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for Durham fell $18.37 at $7.53.43. Feed barley declined six dollars at three forty nine sixty five. Canola rose a dollar ninety at eight seventy four twelve. 
Lentils dropped $14 at 10.73.50. One red spring wheat went down 3.99 at 3.86.87. The rest were unchanged. Flax 8.99.76. Oats 3.53.53. Yellow peas $505.19. Feed wheat 2.61.65. On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December fell four and a quarter cents at 8.94 and a half a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Hello, Calvin. Junior for Heartland Livestock Service of Yorkton with your mark report for the week of September 1st. For this time of the year, we had a very nice run on offer. 970 head in the pre-sort and 350 in the regular sale for a total of 1,320 head. In the feeder sale, we saw yearlings at 450 head and the remainder being calves. We saw the fresh calves under a little pressure this week. Here are some highlights. Buckskin steers, 488 pounds at 257. 550 pound buckskin steers at 230. Red X steers, 556 at 231.50. And the 490 pound brothers at 228.50. On the block steers, 483 pounds at 247. 555 pound block steers at 233. On the heifer trade, we're still seeing them back 25 to 30 cents from their brothers. On the yearlings, they were steady to a little higher in certain classes. Here are a few highlights. 830-pound yearling steers at $1.89. The 975 weight yearling steers at $1.8150. 770 pound yearling heifers at $1.90.50. 850 pound yearling heifers at $1.83. On the cow and bull trade, we saw 270 cows average $74.75 with a high of $84. D1, D2 cows, 74 to 79, your D3 cows, 68 to 73, and your light shelly cows, 50 to 64. 35 bulls average $1.350 with a high of a buck 18 on a good, hard, exotic bull. Producers, we are having pre-sorts every week now. Due next week, due to the Labor Day weekend, will be a one-day sort. Please have your cattle in Tuesday by 4 p.m. for the feeders and cows and bulls till 8. Producers ask us, why are we getting such good numbers for our sales? Well, it probably has to do with our buyer's row. We had nine order buyers for a feeder cattle sale yesterday, with these men covering all the feedlots across Canada, one of the strongest in the auction business. Our cow sale is always one of the strongest sales because of our number of cow buyers. For example, this week we had nine cow buyers in buyer's row. Therefore, producers should feel confident coming to Heartland York, where we have sales every week with respectable numbers and great prices. Once again, this is Virginia for HLS Yorkton. Thank you, and have a great day. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 5,600 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 228 to 242 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,300 head, selling in a range of 224 to 239 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 71 to 78 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is down, and four contract prices opened mixed this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar was down 8 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2617. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.60 cents U.S. Coming up, the Resource Report. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families. In Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasbourg. Avena Foods says its gluten-free oat ingredients have been certified by the Detox Project as glyphosate residue-free. Glyphosate is a widely used herbicide. For such designation, products must have no residue down to government-recognized limits of detection for food and supplement samples. Avena Foods is a major oat and pulse processor with facilities in Regina. 
The company says there was lots of interest in the company's new line of pre-cooked flowers at recent trade shows at Charlotte, North Carolina and Anaheim, California. Details of the ABEX Awards in Saskatchewan are out. Six additional awards besides the competitive categories were announced. The Business Leader of the Year Award goes to Murad Al-Khatib of AGT Foods in Regina. The Community Leader Award goes to Pamela Klein of the Phoenix Group in Regina. The Saskatchewan Business Hall of Fame will induct Novlin Brothers Sales of Paradise Hill. The Moose John District Chamber of Commerce receives the Roger Phillips Chamber Builder Award. The Saskatchewan Trade and Export Partnership Anniversary Award goes to XPT Grain of Regina. The ABEX live stream will be October 22nd. On the markets, the TSX is up 128 points at 20,817. The Dow has risen 150 points at 35,463. Oil is up $1.62 at $70.21 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 43 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.65 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.